Alright, next verse. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَقَاتِلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ And fight in the way of Allah, who الَّذِينَ يُقَاتِلُونَكُمْ Those people who fight you. This verse and the following verses are related to war. Okay? Battle. And remember that in order to understand something correctly, you have to look at the context. So we have to look at the context in which these verses were revealed. And we cannot take a verse or a part of a verse out of the entire set of verses. No, you have to understand each rule that is given here within the rest of the verses that it is placed in. Right? So here in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving permission to the Muslims to fight their enemy. Why is this permission being given? Because remember that when the Prophet ﷺ was in Mecca, and remember that he was there for 13 years as a Prophet, calling people to Islam, many people embraced Islam, but majority of the people did not. And how did they deal with the Prophet ﷺ and the Muslims? What did they do? Did they say, oh, you know, you have your freedom, practice your faith, we're a multicultural society, so you know, you practice your faith, we practice our faith, we're all good. Is that how the people of Mecca were? Is that how they were? No. How were they towards the Muslims? How were they? They were not nice. Now what are the details of not being nice? There were attempts to even kill the Muslims. So we see that firstly, Muslims lived in fear. They did not have religious freedom. If a person accepted Islam, it was like a death sentence. If a person publicly practiced Islam, it was like attracting violence, meaning he would be dealt with very violently. Some Muslims were even killed. Even the Prophet ﷺ was attacked. And you all are familiar with these stories, right? I mean, let me give you an example. You know, Umar radiallahu anhu, when he became Muslim, Umar radiallahu anhu was a very different man, right? He was not someone to be scared and be cowardly. No, he was very brave. Okay? So when he accepted Islam, he was like, you know what? I'm going to show these people I became Muslim. So he went to the guy who was known as the town crier. Meaning the guy whom, if you told him something, he couldn't keep it to himself. He had to tell everybody about it. Okay? So Umar radiallahu anhu went to that man and he said, I'm Muslim. So the man, he ran around the streets of Mecca telling everybody, Umar has embraced Islam, Umar has become Muslim. Umar radiallahu anhu, think about who he was. Someone strong, someone brave, someone who was very influential. People respected him. You know what happened? People started physically assaulting him. Physically attacking him. Because he had become Muslim. Just all of a sudden, things changed. Because he said, La ilaha illallah. What happened? Now he was a target of violence. People did not respect his life. People did not respect his honor. He was an easy target for violence. Now this was Umar. Think about the people with lesser status. People who were slaves or people who were poor. What happened to them when they became Muslim? Were they tortured? What happened to Bilal radiallahu anhu? You all know the story. What happened to Sumayya radiallahu anha? She was killed. Killed. Now, in all this time, 13 years, the Muslims, they wanted to defend themselves. You know, like if these people are not allowing us to practice our faith, we're going to fight them back. 
So if somebody is going to come and punch me, I'm going to punch them back. I want to do that. But you know what the Muslims were told in Mecca? Kufu aidiyakum. Keep your hands to yourselves. Do not hit back. Do not retaliate. Do not take revenge. So for 13 years, the Muslims were not allowed to take revenge. Not allowed. They were told to be patient. And that's what they did. But then, you know, the situation became so difficult, the Muslims could no longer live in Mecca. If they lived in Mecca, their lives were in danger. So what happened? Some Muslims went to Abyssinia, and then again some more went to Abyssinia, and then eventually the Muslims migrated to Medina, and the Prophet wasallam also migrated to Medina. Right? Now in Medina, who welcomed them? It was the Ansar. Now, what happened is that one of the companions who was from the Ansar, his name is Sa'ad bin Mu'ad radiallahu anhu, we learn in a hadith in Bukhari that Sa'ad radiallahu anhu went to Mecca to do Umrah. Okay? Now, the muhajirun, the immigrants couldn't go back to Mecca because if they went back, they would be attacked, right? But Sa'ad bin Mu'ad radiallahu anhu was not from Mecca, he was from Medina. So he was just visiting Mecca to do Umrah. And he had lots of friends because he himself was a rich, influential man. So he had some rich, influential friends from Mecca also. And they weren't Muslim. But anyway, Sa'ad who went to do Umrah. And he was doing the tawaf of the Kaaba. He was going around the Kaaba when Abu Jahl. Familiar with Abu Jahl? Hmm? So Abu Jahl saw Sa'ad radiallahu anhu. And Abu Jahl came to him and he started abusing him verbally. He said, How dare you come here while you have given shelter to our people? You have given shelter to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and you're walking here in Mecca freely, going around the Kaaba? You can't do that. How dare you come here? So Sa'ad radiallahu anhu was like, What do you mean? I'm here to do Umrah, so let me be. But Abu Jahl kept threatening him and kept verbally attacking him. And then Sa'ad radiallahu anhu said to him that if you don't let me come here easily, I'm going to ruin your trade. What did he mean by that? In Mecca, what grows? At least at that time, what grew? Nothing. People had no food. They would have to go and buy food from other parts of the world. So they would frequently travel to Syria, which was in the north. But in order to get there, what would they pass? The city of Medina. So Sa'ad radiallahu anhu threatened him that if you don't let us come to Mecca to do Umrah, then you know what? We're not going to let you go to Sham in peace. We're not going to let you go to Syria in peace. You're not going to be able to continue with your trade. You don't let me come here, we're not going to let you go there. Does that seem fair? It's fair. So basically Sa'ad radiallahu anhu was not welcome in Mecca. He had to leave. And this was a clear statement. Muslims were not welcome in Mecca. It didn't matter who they were. The wealthiest, the richest, people with most status, chiefs of their tribes, didn't matter. You're Muslim, you're not welcome here. So what happened then? Sa'ad radiallahu anhu fulfilled his threat. How? What happened is that in the second year after the hijrah, second year after the hijrah, there was a trade caravan returning from Syria to Mecca. Okay? And Abu Sufyan was taking that trade caravan. 
Now, what happened is that when the Muslims learned that, okay, this trade caravan is coming, time to fulfill our threat. They don't let us in Mecca. We're not going to let them go in peace from here. So they decided to attack the trade caravan. And Abu Sufyan was worried that that might happen. So he sent word to Mecca to send an army for his defense. So what happened? A thousand people came from Mecca to defend that trade caravan. Now that trade caravan safely managed to escape. But those thousand people that had come, one of them was Abu Jahl. They said, well, we've come all the way here. We're not going to go back. We're going to fight the Muslims. So what happened? They met the Muslims at Badr. And that was the first battle. Now you understand the reason behind the battle? This whole story? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed these verses permitting the Muslims to fight their enemy. Okay? Which is why you see over here, it says, وَقَاتِلُوا Fight فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ In the way of Allah, who do you fight? الَّذِينَ يُقَاتِلُونَكُمْ Those people who wage war against you. Not just any random John, Mike, and whoever. No. This is not just random people. This is الَّذِينَ يُقَاتِلُونَكُمْ Were the people of Mecca fighting the Muslims? Very clearly. They had declared war on them. They had said that if any Muslim comes even near Mecca, he's dead. He's dead. He's finished. So here in these verses, very important rules of war I want you to understand. First of all, the first rule that we see here is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَقَاتِلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ Fight in the way of Allah. The word for fighting is qatilu, which is from qital, qaftalam. Qatil is to kill, but qital is to fight. Okay? So the first rule is that fight in the way of Allah. Meaning for the sake of Allah, for the deen of Allah. Not to satisfy your ego, not to show that you are very brave and courageous, not to just cause bloodshed because you've killed so many people on a screen, you cannot help but kill people in real. So you just want to satisfy that desire for aggression. So you go, okay, fine, I'm going to go fight these people because they're kufar. No. Qatilu fi sabilillah. It's for the sake of Allah, in the way of Allah. Otherwise, you're not allowed to kill an innocent person. You're not allowed to kill an innocent person at all. Human life is sacred. And we have discussed that earlier. Every human life is sacred. Except for the human being that does not respect your life and he's coming to fight you. So what are you going to do over there? Stand there and say, yeah, sure, attack us. No. You have to defend yourself. You have to fight back now. So, وَقَاتِلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ That's the first rule. The second rule is, الَّذِينَ يُقَاتِلُونَكُمْ Don't just fight everybody and anybody. Fight who? The people who are fighting you. Like for example, in a battlefield. When there's an actual war. Don't just make war. Don't just pretend that there is war in the streets of a city. No. الَّذِينَ يُقَاتِلُونَكُمْ And then the third rule is, وَلَا تَعْتَدُوا Do not transgress. لَا تَعْتَدُوا تَعْتَدُوا is from عَيْن دَالْوَاو And اِعْتِدَاء is to transgress the limits. So do not transgress. 
What does it mean by this? In war, all is good and fair? Is it? No. لا تعتدو Do not transgress. Even in war, you cannot do as you please. You have to stay within the restrictions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set. You have to follow the rules that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given. So لا تعتدو War is not about following your whims. It's not about causing bloodshed for no reason. This war is a very serious matter. I mean, think about it. When you look at the life of the Prophet ﷺ, 13 years were spent trying to avoid war. But when the enemy did not stop, when they declared war on the Muslims and they kept harming them, kept attacking them, now it was time to break the power of the enemy. You know, like if there's someone who keeps committing crime after crime after crime, then there comes a time when you have to put them behind bars. You have to teach them a lesson. You have to stop them from spreading chaos. So, لا تعتدو, a very important rule, that do not transgress. Now, there's a hadith you see on page 71 at the bottom of the page, where the Prophet ﷺ said, that do not behave treacherously. Meaning, in war, don't be treacherous. So for example, if there are certain things that you have agreed upon with your opponent, don't violate those terms. Don't be treacherous. Don't deceive. Don't cheat. Don't lie. Even to your enemy. Do not misappropriate war booty. Nor mutilate those whom you kill. Nor kill children. Do not kill children. This is a rule that the Prophet ﷺ gave. And there are other rules also that... Basically, the non-combatants, meaning people who are not fighting you, like for example, people who are just in their homes, people who are going about their daily lives, don't attack them either. The reason why I'm going into all this detail is because we are living in a time where there is a lot of violence. And unfortunately, even in our own city, our own country, where sometimes people will, in the name of Islam, go and commit acts of violence. But here we see that You don't just follow your desires. You don't just do as you please. That you watch something on the television and you get very angry and you just take a weapon and you go and attack people. No. This is something very serious. You see, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving commands, rules, prohibitions related to this, what does it mean? This is a very serious matter. So three very important rules over here, that fighting is only for the sake of Allah. Not for your own ego. Which is why we learned of a very important incident where Ali radiallahu anhu once was fighting someone, battling someone, and he was about to finish that guy off, and the guy spat on Ali radiallahu anhu. He spat on him as his last act of you know, defense. That's all he could do. So he spat on Ali radiallahu anhu. You know what Ali radiallahu anhu did? He left that man. So that man was like, what? Like you were about to finish me. What happened? He said, before... I was fighting you for the sake of Allah. When you spat on me, my intention changed. I was going to take revenge for my sake. And that's not okay. You don't kill somebody for yourself. No. وَقَاتِلُوا فِي سَبِيلَ اللَّهِ It's only for the sake of Allah. And then secondly, not everybody, only those who fight you. And thirdly, do not transgress limits. Do not seek violence. Don't be bloodthirsty. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ الْمُعْتَدِينَ Why? Because Allah does not like those people who commit transgression. 
Allah does not like such people. So what does this teach us? I mean, war is a different situation. But in our lives, when there is conflict, do you get into some kind of conflict with anybody? Sometimes with your siblings, sometimes with your parents, sometimes with your friends. Is there any conflict? Yes. Even then, remember these rules. Don't be violent. Don't transgress proper limits. Don't become oppressive. You see, you fight in order to establish justice, if that is what you must do. Fighting is the last resort. So you do that. Why? For the sake of justice. But then even in that, you have to stay within limits because you might end up committing injustice for the sake of justice. And that's not cool. That's not acceptable. And this is a principle that we must apply in the rest of our lives also. You know, sometimes we are defending ourselves. Sometimes we really believe that something is important and people are not paying attention to it. So we want to draw people's attention to it. And we become very rude, very aggressive, harsh in our language. That's not okay. You might be fighting for a very important, very noble cause, but if you do it the wrong way, that's not good. So, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ الْمُعْتَدِينَ Allah does not like those who transgress. وَاقْتُلُوهُمْ And kill them. Meaning, your enemy, those who come to fight you, you kill them where? حَيْسُ ثَقِفْتُمُوهُمْ Wherever you overtake them. Now, this word ثَقِفْتُمُوهُمْ is from the root letters ثَقَفْ فَ ثَقْف Which is to overpower someone in combat. Meaning, there's a war in the battlefield, you overpower someone. Now, This doesn't mean that, you know, go into their homes and go into their streets and randomly kill people. No, this is related to war. That now if you are in a war, don't just stand there watching. This is not general, kill them wherever you find them. This ayah is misquoted so much. And this ayah unfortunately is misunderstood by many Muslims also. They think this ayah means kill any non-Muslim. Is it any non-Muslim? When you read the previous ayah, what does this teach us? Who is them referring to? The people who fight you. The people who are out to kill you. The people who don't want you to live. So then what are you going to do? People are waging war against you. You're not just going to stand there. No, you're going to fight back. وَأَخْرِجُوهُمْ And then expel them مِنْ حَيْثُ أَخْرَجُوكُمْ From the place that they expelled you. From the root letters خَارَجِيمْ What is this referring to? The people of Mecca expelled the Muslims from Mecca. They drove them out. They didn't let them live. So here, the Muslims are told that, okay, they did this to you, you will do the same to them. وَأَخْرِجُوهُمْ مِنْ حَيْثُ أَخْرَجُوكُمْ وَالْفِتْنَةُ أَشَدُّ مِنَ الْقَتْلِ Fitna is far worse than قَتْل. What is fitna? Fitna means trial. A test. Basically the word fitna from the root fatanun means to burn. Okay, it's when gold or any precious metal like that is put in or exposed to a lot of heat. Why? In order to purify it. Because you know that you extract gold naturally, not in the form of gold bricks. How is it? It's mixed up with other things. So you have to expose it to heat. Why? So that other things will melt, and at the end, what do you have left? Only gold. So from this, the word fitna is used for a difficult trial. 
a test. So here this trial refers to religious persecution. What does it mean by religious persecution? That you don't let someone practice their religion. Because they believe in a certain religion, and here this is Muslims, that's what we're talking about, these verses. So because a person is a Muslim, he is a target of violence. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Fitna is ashaddu min al-qatl. It's worse than killing someone. If you kill someone, okay, they're done. They've left this world. But if you persecute someone because of their religion, you're torturing them every moment of their existence. If a person is being persecuted because of his religion, then what's going on? Every moment of his existence, he is being tortured. And especially people who outwardly look religious. For guys, it's very easy to, you know, pretend like they're, for many people, pretend like they're Mexican or they're somebody else, right? They're Hindu or whatever. But for Muslim girls, how is it? You're broadcasting your religion wherever you go. Isn't it? With your hijab on. I mean, you go to the store, you go to school, you participate in anything, people will know immediately you're Muslim. And if there's somebody who doesn't like your Islam, they're going to mistreat you no matter where you are. In a bus, at a bus stop, at a grocery store, in school, they don't spare you. So every moment this person is living in fear. Is that fair? Is that fair? No. So, وَالْفِتْنَةُ أَشَدُّ مِنَ الْقَتْلِ It is worse than killing someone. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives more rules for war. That, وَلَا تُقَاتِلُوهُمْ عِنْدَ الْمَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامِ Do not fight this enemy, people of Mecca, where? Near the sacred mosque. What is al-masjid al-haram? The Kaaba and the masjid that it is in. Do not fight them there. There are some places which are out of bounds. You cannot engage in warfare in those areas. Unless, Until they fight you in it. So for example, you go to Makkah to do your Umrah. You go to Makkah and you're in the Masjid al-Haram, but somebody attacks you, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And this person is clearly fighting you because of your religion. Then you have to kind of retaliate. So, حَتَّى يُقَاتِلُوكُمْ فِيهِ فَإِنْ قَاتَلُوكُمْ If they do fight you, then فَقْتُلُوهُمْ Then yes, you fight back. كَذَلِكَ جَزَاءُ الْكَافِرِينَ Thus is the recompense of those who deny. What does this ayah teach us? That in Masjid al-Haram, war is not allowed. Unless somebody commits aggression. If somebody commits aggression over there, then to stop them, then yes, warfare may be used. Right? Now, Masjid al-Haram is a place where even animals are safe. Isn't it? Because we're not allowed to hunt over there. Prophet ﷺ forbade us from hunting animals over there even. So even animals are safe there. But if a person commits aggression in Masjid al-Haram, then he is not safe there. If a person commits a crime in Masjid al-Haram, then he is not safe over there. Masjid al-Haram is not like Tio, that you just bother somebody, you're like, oh, I'm in safe zone, you know. You can't hurt me. You can't take revenge. No. If you transgress in Masjid al-Haram, then you will be transgressed. Because our religion is a religion of justice.
فَإِنْ إِنْتَهَوْ Then if they cease. إِنْتَهَوْ is from نُونْ هَيَا Nahi is to stop. So if they stop, meaning they stop fighting you, Muslims, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ Then indeed Allah is most forgiving and ever merciful. This is why we see there were people who fought the Muslims for many years. But then they became Muslim themselves. For instance, we have Abu Sufyan. We have Khalid bin Walid. Khalid bin Walid came in the battle of Uhud and attacked the Muslims and so many Muslims were killed in the battle of Uhud. Correct? But then what happened to Khalid bin Walid himself? What happened? He became Muslim. So even if a person has a terrible history of being your enemy, they have harmed you, they have fought you, they have tried to destroy your life, they have tried in every way to ruin your life for you because of your Islam. But if this person stops, if this person apologizes, if this person accepts Islam, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ Allah will forgive him. Allah is merciful to him. Then what about the person who is Muslim and who hasn't committed murder, who hasn't committed these major, major sins, if they commit a sin, would Allah not forgive them? Would Allah not forgive them? Allah will. You have to ask Him for forgiveness. Remember, there is no sin that is too big for Allah to forgive. So don't let anybody make you think that you're a terrible, horrible person who is bound to hellfire. No matter what you've done, no matter what your history is, it doesn't matter. You can always fix your future. By changing, by turning back to Allah. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ